tonight's lesson, tonight's lesson, the hardest thing for a Christian to do, the hardest thing for a Christian to do is to share the gospel. What do we mean when we talk about sharing the gospel? It is presenting Christ to someone else. Why is it so difficult for those who are Christians to share the gospel is what we're going to address tonight. So hopefully by the end of it, you'll have confidence when it comes to what it looks like to share the gospel. In Mark chapter 4, verse number 1, it starts off by saying, And he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea of the land. So for instance, the crowd was so big, Jesus was out on the sea on a boat, basically, preaching to the people, speaking to the people. There was a big crowd, and you can almost think of it something like this in regards to a lot of people were here, meaning there were a lot of ears at this congregation, at this crowd. In verse number two, what does it say, Zach? Go ahead and read for us, loud as you can. Verse number two, we're just going to keep going down this passage. He taught them many things by parables, and then his teaching said... Parables. He is going to speak to them in a parable. What is a parable? Does anyone know what a parable is? It's a story that has a what? What? That's really good. All right, that's good. All right, so verse number three. Here we go. Take us away, uh, Dawson. Dawson, real quick. Listen, a farmer went out to his... Uh, a farmer went out to sow his seed. So we are going to talk about a farmer who goes out to sow the seed. At the very beginning, when, when Jesus is addressing the whole crowd, he says what? What is the very first word he mentions there? Listen. Meaning you have ears that are present, you're physically here, but it will not be enough for you to hear what I have to say. What it's going to take is you listening and applying it. You are going to sit in this room and you're going to hear a message that has the potential to save your life, the potential to have victory in Christ. But unless you, li unless you listen to it, it will have no value. Jesus opens up by saying, listen, meaning a call to obey about what I'm about to tell you, what I'm about to say. And he starts off with this parable, there was a farmer who sowed seeds. In the next verse, what does the next verse say? Zoe, you want to read it for us? As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came up to it and ate it. Verse number five. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. Verse number six. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they were withered because they had, not, had no root. Verse number seven. Other seeds fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. The seed was thrown out from the farmer, from the sower, in three different soil areas. What was one of the soil areas? Come on, hit me with it the best way that you can. There was three different landing places for these seeds. What were they? A stony place. What was another one? What is it? Oh, the wayside. That's good. Wayside. Uh, the stony place. And what is another one? There's one more. Thorns. Okay, okay. So out in the sun. Okay, good, good. Uh, thorns. Next one. There was three different ones. Now, did the seed ever grow? Good. All right, Cammy, you want to read verse number uh, eight for us? So a seed actually lands on good soil, and what does it do? It produces a fruit. Verse number nine. Here we go. Take us away, Ben. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let, let them hear. Real quick, Jesus opens up by saying, Listen, I'm about to tell you a parable. Listen. And he closes with, He who has ears to hear, let him hear it. Jesus opens up with a call for you to respond to what I'm about to say, and then after Jesus presents it, he says, listen, unless you are ready to apply, unless you've understood it, this is going to be nothing to you. So 
So what does this passage mean? Real quick, we're going to jump down to verse number, let's go to 13. 13, this is great. Verse number 13. What did that parable just mean? What did it mean? Some seeds landed in certain places and they didn't grow, but one seed that landed on the good soil did grow. Melody, read verse number 13. What does it say? Real quick, what Jesus is saying there, if you don't understand this, you will not understand anything else when it comes to being a Christian. You will not understand anything else, what it means to be right with God. Because this parable is about salvation. This parable is what you do with the Word of God. This parable is what you do with the Savior, Jesus Christ. He says you can argue and you can try and understand all the things of life, but if you miss this parable, if you miss this biblical truth, nothing else will make sense. And here we go. How does he explain it? In verse number uh, 14. Go ahead and read it for us. Uh, Patrick, you want to read 14? The farmer sows the word. The farmer sows the word. All right, so remember, when he talked about the parable at the beginning, it talked about the farmer sowing a seed. What is the seed? We're gonna, we're, he's going to explain the parable. The farmer sowed the seed, and what does he say here? What is the seed? The word. What's the word? What's the word? What's the word of God? The Bible. The good news. The gospel. Here we go next in verse number 15. Actually, I'm going to read something real quick. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4. This is, if you're taking notes, this is the gospel. In four verses, this is the gospel explained. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel. The gospel is the good news. What's the good news? Which I preached unto you, which you have received. Remember what Jesus called them to? You have to listen. You have to receive the word. And wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Now here we go. This is the gospel. For I deliver unto you first of all that which I have also received, how that Christ died for our sins. According to the scriptures, and that he was buried and he rose again. On the third day, according to the scriptures. In Matthew 28, as Jesus is leaving this earth, he gives his disciples one final word as he is calling them out to go upon the Great Commission. What is the Great Commission? Meaning, I have received God as my personal Lord and Savior, and I can't help but tell somebody else. And in Matthew chapter 28, in verse number 18, it starts off by saying this, And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me, in heaven and in earth. In verse number 19, he calls them out and he says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. What is the gospel? Before we go on with this, what is the word, we have to understand what the word is. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. The good news is that Jesus came upon this earth and died on the cross for your sins. Your sins. Meaning, people in this room, your sins. Jesus came on this earth and died for your sins. He bore it all. He was buried. And three days later, he rose from the grave. Death could not hold him. He was the perfect sacrifice. He paid for your sins. And if you repent and believe with faith and trust, that you, and he is the personal Lord and Savior, then you can have a place when you die in heaven, and while you're here on earth, you can have peace and a purpose. See, some of y'all have gotten a mis- 
swayed view of what Christianity and, and being saved looks like because you said a prayer and you believe, all right, well, I'm just going to be good when I get to heaven. And you've yet to realize that God didn't just die on the cross that way you could get to heaven, but he died on the cross that while you're living today, you can have peace and purpose. And what is your peace and purpose? Are you still like the typical high school or the high school I, I was where it was just aimlessly going through life? Maybe running to the next activity or the next thrill, the next best thing, and realizing every single time as I was chasing a thrill, it always ran out. It always left me empty. Sin will always leave you empty, but at some point will give you the illusion that you are somewhat full. But you're the only one who lays down in your own bed at night by yourself realizing, I am lost and I am in need of a relationship with an almighty God, the creator of the universe. And until I have that relationship, I will never have peace. So what is the good news? That Christ has done all the work and he is just desiring for you to accept it. So again, we go back to the parable in Mark chapter 4. The sower goes out and he sows the seed. What is he sowing? The good news. The good news I just told you, just like Christ said, may mean nothing to you. You may be okay living the life that you're living now. You may realize, all right, yeah, I may not be a good person. I may not be a bad person. But again, I'm somewhat decent. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus is in cried out in the first word of this sermon. He says, listen. There were four different types of soil that landed and only one of them bared fruit. Is that not interesting that God has called you to have peace and purpose while you're here on earth and then the seed that was uh, accepted in the good soil bore fruit and fulfilled its purpose? No other seed fulfilled its purpose. But again, we're going to go back as he breaks down. Uh, Mark chapter 4, I believe it's verse number 14 is where we're at. Joel, you want to read that one for us? Again, we got a good background. So the word is the good news. What's the good news? That Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He was buried and he rose again. Okay, here we go. Keep going, Joy. We read 14. 15 for me then. <laughs> and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. We are going to break down real quick each seed. The first seed, it fell along the wayside. And what does it say that the seed, what ended up happening to it? It got taken up by the birds and what we saw. But then what was he explaining? What is the bird? What is the raven? What is this? It is Satan. Meaning what? Satan has a deliberate scheme for you not to hear the word of God. Do you realize that? Satan has a deliberate scheme for you not to realize that you need a personal relationship with Almighty God. You do realize that. Satan is a real opposition to God, but he is no equal. He's a master of illusion. That's why sin is an illusion. That's why sin never lasts. You'll understand that. Satan is an opposition of God, but he is not equal with God. It is only our viewpoint that makes it somewhat seem like it's equal. It's not. So here, the seed that lays on the wayside, the individual who's not really ready to receive the word, they're just sitting in here waiting for the next game. They're waiting for the next activity. They're waiting for the night just to end. And Satan comes in and picks up that seed. It was just words to them. It was just words to them. The next seed, as we go along, who would like to read? Ava, you want to read? Good. Okay, Sixteen. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and once received it with joy. Unfortunately, I will say this seed is so sad. Because this seed was thrown out there and it says at the very beginning, when the seed first hit it, what did it say? It was accepted with gladness. 
It was something exciting. The individual who was hearing that the good news that there was a Savior for them was excited about that idea, was excited about what it would look like to be right with God, was excited what it would be like to have peace and purpose on this earth. But to, to, to him, Christ was only excitement. It was an emotional moment. It was a tear. There was no commitment. There was no trust. There was no faith. And you might be saying, James, yeah, I remember there was a time I was excited about Christ. Why aren't you excited today anymore about Christ? Because here, this is talking about an individual who heard the word of God and was excited. Excited to hear the word of God. But then as time passed, there was no root. Maybe it's time we look back on our life, even if you've grown up in church, never grew up in church, or this is your first time here, and ask the question, do I have any root in Christ? Is there anything real with it? Y'all following with me? Okay, they heard it with excitement. They were glad about it. One of the key things that I always hear about this is it really describes, in my eyes, when people make a decision at camp. Because it's exciting. The environment is great. It's 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 awesome. And then all of a sudden, the devil's schemes, like we see here, just go to school. Just go hang out with them again. Just do it one last time. Come on, one last time. You're only in high school once. You can give your life to Christ and be sold out next year. But there was a time and place when you were excited and fully felt that you and God were there and you had it. But there's been no fruit in your life. Again, so there was two seeds. Not a single one of those seeds so far has Borny fruit has grown. Verse number 16, as we read it, immediately received it with gladness. Verse number 17, here we go. And it explains why they did not grow. So you might be saying, I, I may have set this up in a good way. And you're realizing, yes, I had a moment in my past where I was really excited. But in reality, when I go to bed at night, I'm really not quite sure where my soul would go if I took my last breath tonight. And I can smile with my friends and I can smile with my family. But in reality, when I look at myself and it's just me and thinking about standing in front of a holy God, I don't have an answer. Okay, so here we go. What does it say? That seed, as we read in this next passage, uh, McKenna, you want to read? But since they have no root, they only last a short time. Oh. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word. Here we go. So now we're going to go to the third one. All right, so the second one, what was the reason that it didn't grow? There was no roots. There was no real commitment. They had a great idea of who Christ was, but Christ wasn't real enough for him to be their life. Some of you, Christ is just real enough for you to know about him, know that he's taught at church, but he's not enough just to be your life. Okay? Here we go, the third seed. It's the final one. And McKenna, you start off reading it. What does the third seed say? And these are they which are sown among the thorns. And what does it say after that? After they sowed among the thorns? What's the next phrase? And they heard it. I just want y'all to... If there's one thing I want y'all to get so far through this message, is there not a single person who will stand with an excuse in front of a holy God? Every seed heard the word. Every individual will have no excuse. Here we go. It heard the word, but it's among the thorns. Here we go. In verse number 19, what does it say? Takes away, Kate. We only have a little bit more time. So what happened? The, the seed fell among the thorns, and as it attempted to grow, as it attempted to take root, there was other roots in the system. 
The ground was already occupied with my dreams and my ambitions and what this world has to offer for me. The soil was already occupied. And you might be saying, well, James, what does that really matter? You have to repent in order to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. What does repentance look like? Remember, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Repentance is this. I am walking this way in opposite of God, and he is calling out to me. James Daniel, James Daniel, I've done all the work. I want a relationship with, with you. I desire you. I just need you to turn around so I can embrace you and hug you. So until I repent of the direction I'm going in, repentance means change of direction, that's when I accept him as Lord and Savior. So again, the seed that fell among the thorns is this. They heard it. They knew how wonderful he was. They heard his compassionate voice. They saw what it might could look like to have him as personal Lord and Savior, but they weren't willing to change the direction of their life and repent of their selves in sin. So although the word was heard, although the word was called to them, there was no repentance. Finally, the last seed as we go through here. Remember, how to share the gospel to others is one of the things that we mentioned here. The last uh, seed as we go through here. Uh, Evan, you want to read for us? Good to see you, big dog. Good to see you, Evan. Good to see you, Verse number... 20, here we go. Alright, okay. And there were others which seed was sown on the good soil. So we're, this is the good soil. I want y'all to see this. Alright, here we go. Go ahead, Evan. Hear the word. Oh, whoa, whoa. So they heard the word just like the other. In this, when it gives the description, eight times the word is mentioned, by the way. The word, the good news, what Christ has done for you. Okay, so keep going, Evan. So again, they accepted it and produced a crop. And what is the crop? The seed is the word of God. The seed is the gospel. He describes the seed that fell along the good soil. The soil that threw away the cares of this world, threw away the cares of themselves. And that seed takes root and it bears fruit. Meaning they heard the word of God and they listened to it and now they've applied it. Y'all following with me? As we get close to closing this out, I want you to understand that it starts off by saying there was a farmer that sowed the seed. There was an individual who shared the good news. It is never the farmer's responsibility to keep all his seeds in the bag. Are y'all following with me? My brother-in-law is a true farmer. He's in North Louisiana. He plants soybeans, black beans, all this type of stuff, some sort of bean, whatever you can think of, and just put that bean at the end, and he's planted it. But if every time he goes out during planting season, and he goes out and he just keeps all the seeds in his bag, there will never be a harvest. Now you might be saying, well, well he's just worried the plant might not grow. He's just worried that bad weather's coming. It is not his job to worry about the things that he has no control of. It is his job to plant the seed regardless of what the seed will do when it hits the soil. You as a Christian, if you've received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you know the good news. You have now become a sower. And for some reason nowadays, there are Christians who don't know how to sow the Word of God. They don't know what it looks like to share the Gospel. They've got bags full of seeds. And one of the things I want to ask you guys on Instagram, why don't you share the Gospel? The overwhelming theme was, 
I'm scared of the outcome. I'm scared of how they're going to respond. I'm scared of what someone else is going to say. You're like a farmer who has all this land, and he goes out with seed, and he says, I'm scared the plant's not going to grow, so I'm not going to throw the seed out. You see how foolish that looked? That's the example he's given here. So again, how do you share the gospel with your friends? Maybe the reason it's hard for you to share the gospel with your friends is because you've never accepted the gospel for yourself. You actually don't have a relationship with Christ. You're like the seeds that fell along the wayside, that fell along the thorny brook. And where did the other seed land? The stones? And you've maybe asked yourself the question, I have no root in Christ. So before we dive off into this idea of how to share the gospel, maybe you need to ask yourself real quick, have you accepted it for yourself? Don't be like the individuals as Jesus spoke out to them. Remember in the boat, I'm going to close with this. He spoke out to them and his first words was, listen, I'm about to tell you something that is going to change your life. You don't know it yet, but my end is me going to a cross for you. And the sad thing is, is more than half, probably even 90% of the people he spoke to didn't even accept him, but he was still going to the cross for their sins. And so he still called out, even though knowing that some of them would never give their life to him, and he said, please listen. Hear it. Accept it. And there were still individuals who were not willing to accept it, even though the one who was speaking to them was about to go to the cross for them. Are you like that person in the crowd that is not going to accept Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. Even though He went to the cross just for you. That's compassion unimaginable, right? So again, as we close out, final thing I got here. If you personally have never given your life to Christ, don't wait for the thoughts of this world to come in and swoop the seed that was just sown. Don't wait for tomorrow when you go back to class. Don't wait till you go hang out with them other friends. Don't wait till you send another text message. Call another buddy. Because guess what? The buddy you talk to, the friends you hang out with, the sports you're involved with, not a single one of those will stand with you upon judgment with Almighty God. And I firmly believe it because it says in Scripture that no man will stand with any excuse in front of God. That God will bring up, because He is a just and holy God, every time that the seed was sown in your life. And He will point out each time Wayside, rocks, thorns. The seed was there. What did you do with it? What are you going to do with the seed that was sown tonight? It wasn't the seed's fault. It was the soil. How are you going to respond to God's call? I'm going to close this out in prayer tonight. Again, if you may want to ask more questions, please do so. I'm not one of those people that are like, raise your hand or do something like that. But let me tell you something. If God is working in your life, you need to get it right now instead of later.